Dynasty. Brought to you by Carol Royce, Keller Williams Realty East Valley. Get more money selling your home. Go to higherprice.com. That's higherprice.com. What do you say? We see what people are saying on uh, social media, on Twitter. It's time for some social studies on this big red Monday. Here to take us through it is Sarah Cazell. Hi, Sarah. Hello. I say yes to that. Let's yes. do it. We are on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata, at Bickley underscore Murata. And uh, that's where our questions go every single day. So if you want to participate in social studies, but you don't know how, following us on Twitter at Bickley underscore Murata is the first way to do so. All right. First question, guys. Biggest takeaways from yesterday's loss to the Chargers. What are they? We've given ours for several hours. <laughs> for let's, three hours. Let, yeah, go, just in go, case go, anyone go to the readers for didn't that. listen the last Listeners several hours. Uh, my biggest takeaway is that this was another reminder that this version of the Arizona Cardinals is not a very good football team. Yes. Dan Bickley? <laughs> Is that your summary? Yeah, no, I've, I think I've been making it very clear for the last three hours exactly <laughs> what I think about the game. Go to what the listeners think. Sarah. All right, how about this? Happy Clam says the cards are a hot mess inside a dumpster fire inside a train wreck. I guess that is technically possible if a train is <laughs> carrying, carrying a, a dumpster, dumpster which yeah. happens to be on, on fire. fire. Yeah. Dangerous, but possible. Uh, Jenny's biggest takeaway, Jenny Bridges, says the biggest takeaway is to not trust this team. Uh, the answers are all pretty dark, in case you guys were wondering. Schwartzy said Cliff Kingsbury can't make good play calls in critical moments when it really counts. Uh, Josie says, my husband taught me a few new words yesterday. I had to Google them, and I will not be repeating them. <laughs> Dangerous game. Uh, Charlotte Schaff is selling her Monday night football tickets against oh. the Patriots, which is the next time we see the Cardinals. She's selling those I bet tickets. She's going to get a wicked price on those, I'm telling you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Sully's coming in from Worcester. Worcester. <laughs> uh, Dylan Richards says, the fact that we just keep losing and at home... And Cliff Kingsbury's answers are always, quote, we just have to be better. At this point, more needs to be said. I'm sure a lot of Cardinals fans would agree with Dylan there. Yeah, I'm just scrolling through some of these. Oof. Slayton, 5-13 and 13 in our last 18. This isn't just a this season issue. Nope. You brought that up earlier. It's a carryover. Yep. Yeah. And David De La Torre says we've got a first-place basketball team who has been able to overcome injuries and distractions. The difference here is leadership. All right, let's get to our next question. Uh, there are eight losses to pick from this season for the Arizona Cardinals. They are now four and eight. Open-ended question, which loss has been the most painful loss of the season and why? Ooh. I'm going to pull up the schedule here. This is going to be quite the competition, I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, isn't that a problem when it's You can certainly easy. make an argument for yesterday, but... I think the argument the falls short. The game was just such a thumping. Yeah, it was. And that was like the last clinging of hope to, to hope for, for a playoff spot. And it was just so one-sided and, and uncompetitive. Yeah. Yesterday, like... The Seahawks it, game in Seattle was demoralizing. Oh, gosh. That was bad. Yeah, the Philly that game. Not kicking a field goal to get it to overtime. That the, was up there. That Seattle one sucked because... At that time, Seattle's defense was so bad, so bad. that we were all yeah. just expecting yes. an explosion, and yes. it was the exact opposite. Yes. Yep. yep. That Seattle defense is bad again, too. Just see what the Raiders did to him yesterday. It? 40 points. Josh Whoa. Jacobs had 300-plus yards from scrimmage yesterday. What a wow. day. What a day. In, I think he's going to get his name 80, in the paper. An 86-yard... <laughs> 
walk-off touchdown. <laughs> that's pretty stylish. Oh, that'll leave a, for a for a guy that loves defense like Pete Carroll. That's yeah. yeah. I'm sure that's not going over well. Ouch. No, not at all. All right. Most painful loss of the season so far. Schmorkart says. <laughs> I know Schmorkart. I don't. I don't know. Our team pride and prestige. She's not talking about a loss uh, as far as a game. It seems only four to five years ago, the Cardinals had the reputation of being an honorable, well-run, middling organization that just couldn't figure it out on the field. Now the Cardinals have become the new Browns and such a laughing stock. Mm. Hopefully that pride and prestige is just temporarily missing and not lost, he says. That's unfair because the new Browns are still the old Browns. Indeed. Well, they won a game yesterday, Jared. They did. Yeah. Beat the Bucks yesterday wow. and Deshaun Watson reinstated today. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Looking up yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Jacoby Brissett, by the way, did a very good job at quarterback for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not a bad person to hand your team over to. Yeah. Uh, Matt says the most painful loss of the season was to the 49ers on Monday Night Football because we watched the players just give up on the season. Uh, Dylan also says San Francisco getting blown out on prime time in a different country in a quote-unquote home game that was packed with 49ers fans. It was embarrassing. Uh, Captain Jazz says this one, this loss to the Chargers yesterday. I was actually having a good time at the game for once. I should have known better. Uh, You'll learn better, Captain Jazz. Captain Jazz. And then Daylight Film says the loss of Rodney Hudson. Not playing this season. All right, final question. He played a little bit. Barely. Yeah, that, was, that was another issue from last week we didn't get into. Another offensive lineman that lingered on the injury report for several weeks before being put on injured reserve. Yes, only finally going to injured reserve. Yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, we're doing some Cyber Monday shopping, guys. Is anyone? Does anyone have any Cyber Monday deals that they're looking out for or items that they're holding out for? No. I should no. be because I really don't want to go out and about to do my Christmas shopping this year. So yeah. The internet is your friend. I already Jared? don't have the energy for it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like On some, November 28th, we've given up. Some glass Tupperware. Some glass Tupperware? Some Pyrex? Is isn't that what that, that is? Isn't glass Tupperware an oxymoron? I don't know. Tupperware is by definition well, plastic, is it? Whatever not? they call it, storage containers. Oh, okay. for food. Yeah. yeah, Pyrex. Is that? Yeah. All right. I'm so domesticated. Look at me. All right. New homeowner. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're, we have some things on our list. Like, I don't know. How do we afford this home? Um, <laughs> we're, we're doing some Cyber Monday shopping for the Cardinals, the Suns, the Diamondbacks, and the Coyotes. What are you guys buying each team today? I'm buying the I'm buying the Diamondbacks Aaron Judge. Ooh. A discounted Aaron Judge. They yeah. have too many outfielders already, <laughs> No space, no space. That's funny. I'm buying the Cardinals Sean Payton. I'm buying the Coyotes. I don't know. A permanent arena? A new arena. They spend the big, a couple more decks. It's not it's not permanent though. Well, they have one coming. We think We've, if it's voted in. And who's left? The Suns. Oh, yeah, the Suns. What do you get a team that is everything, Vinny? <laughs> Somebody for Jay Crowder? Yeah. <laughs> um, a magic, a magic health pill for Chris Paul? 
The Fountain of Youth. Yeah, Fountain of Youth. Yeah, that's go. a good that's one. Good. I time machine to send them back to 36 and 364 <laughs> days. 64 days. Yeah. No kidding. For the Cardinals, I would hire a magician to make all of their injuries heal for the last five weeks so we could have seen what could have been. Yeah, because that would have solved all the problems. Uh, for the D-backs, a new bullpen, top to bottom. Yeah. Although, Aaron Judge, I'd take that. <laughs> sure. Now I'd sell some tickets. We can dream. Dream it's free, right? Absolutely. Uh, Coyotes Arena, Suns, yeah. Um, whatever. Okay. Lee Dennison would buy Sean Payton for the Cardinals. A lot of people would. A stretch four for the Suns. Another outfielder for the Diamondbacks. Ha ha. <laughs> Six quality bullpen arms, actually. And then a guaranteed yes vote on the new building for the Yotes. Uh, Matt says, for the Cardinals, you get nothing. We've been shopping Cyber Monday deals for years with this team. Can we buy premium, please? <laughs> uh, Merrick McClellan wants to get some new owners in town. Doesn't specify who. Summer wants to buy a new heel for Chris Paul. This is a, trend, a tremendous one from Daryl Lee. For the D-backs, a brain. For the Cardinals, a heart. For the Coyotes, a home. And for the Suns, the nerve. The nerve. <laughs> Started out like a Wizard of Oz answer there. Absolutely. It was so All good. Of them. Hey, somebody, courage. <laughs> Put them up. Put them up. I'll fight you both together. I'll fight you both hand tied behind my back. <laughs> Why'd you do that? Jared does a great Burt Lar. <laughs> Another time. Uh, Very rarely comes up. Yeah, but man, you got the flex right there. Thank you, Sarah. Thank Thanks you to everybody who uh, chimed in on uh, social studies on this big red Monday, which rolls on here on uh, Bickley and Murata Mornings, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Big Red Monday and Bickley and Murata Mornings on Arizona Sports. Presented by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Yeah, of course. Uh, just like kind of what I told you guys, you know, uh, rest, rejuvenate, recover, be with your families. Um, and But at the end of the day, when it's time to work, we work at work, and we got five more opportunities. Take the best of those opportunities because, you know, this this league it stands for not for long. And we got five more opportunities to play some good football, and uh, that's the plan that we're going to do. You know, the, the light is still on. It's very, very dim. Uh, but, you know, we have opportunity to come out of the bar, you know, get healthy, um, and find a way to put, you know, a couple of purple games together and try to close you out the right way. Buda Baker and Kelvin Beecham on the attitude of the team going into the bye after another loss. Baker sharing his message for the team. Kelvin Beecham. Uh, the light is still on, but it's very dim. I think that's a really good way to put it. Um, with five games left after the bye. And I know one of the things that we'll probably see on episode four of Hard Knocks on Wednesday is you know this team... Uh, in the locker room yesterday with the speech from the coaches, you know, the message to the team going to the, the bye week break. And that I, I think it's going to involve that, hey, we got to stay together. I think that becomes more of a challenge at this point with everybody going their separate ways for a week. You know, you're four and eight. You got to come back. You got to be professional and do your job. But there's, I think, a subconscious thought to the future for a lot of individuals. Mm -hmm. When things go badly, you start to think individually. It's human nature. Um, and I think that's another thing the Cardinals are going to have to battle the rest of the, the, the way. They will be a healthier football team, 
no doubt about it. Not everybody's going to come back, uh, but we might see the healthiest version of the Cardinals. But is that enough to overcome the psychological hurdles that this team has because of, of that? What, what I just mentioned. Yeah, no, I, I, I think not. I think, I think they're all going to try to rally around that. But, but I, I think that the rallying points are all, all but expired now um, with this football team. I, I, I don't. I, Four and eight, man. That's it's that's that's a long way back. It's it's not impossible, I guess, but it it it's just it's going to be something that the football team needs to feel like they have to say to stay engaged. Because again, when you're when you're a losing football team, what's ahead of the Cardinals is simply awful. You've got to play out the month of December for pride, mm-hmm. and it's hard to do that. It's hard to do that when a lot of guys around just suddenly are injured and they're not playing. And 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 all all of this, and it's just it's it's a shame that they've gotten to this point, but but here we are. Yeah, the last time they had a record like this after twelve weeks was uh, Cliff Kingsbury's first year, three eight and one. Mm-hmm. There were no expectations on that team. Um, they won two of their last five games after their bye that week that year to to finish with five wins. The big difference is fast forward four years. You brought this up uh, earlier, Bick. This is year four. And if you go back to square one, Cliff Kingsbury was hired, it was a controversial hire, and it was to get a quarterback right. We didn't know at that point yeah. it was going to be Kyler Murray. At that point, mm-hmm. the guy thrust into that was, hey, we got to get Josh Rosen right. They go out, they get Kyler Murray. So the task remained the same. The student changed from, from Rosen to Murray. And to get this offense humming. And this offense is not as good as it's been throughout Cliff Kingsbury's tenure. And now you've got a very expensive quarterback where I don't know if he's been helped along by the coaching that's happened this no, year. No, well, I, clearly there's been a regression from Kyler Murray. I think that the, he did some good things yesterday. I think he was a lot more uh, decisive with getting the football out and, and, and trying to kind of replicate what Colt McCoy brought the offense but the offense in some it's not something that is going to it's not something that's going to succeed in the long run there's it's this is not a matter of just getting guys healthy and once you get Rondale Moore with Hollywood Brown with Cliff with DeAndre Hopkins now you got it now you've got all the pieces to unlock the magic of this offense that's a that's a pipe dream at this point no and it's you know I the circumstances are much different, but if you were an ASU football fan, you kind of cringed at how long the team stuck with Herm Edwards, and you felt incredibly refreshed and renewed by real change when it happened. That's the next step for the Cardinals. Schedule, to the, to, schedule Eastern Michigan? Well, yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> to do the same kind of thing, because that's I, I think the fan base is really, really frothing for a change, as, as I kind of termed it in my column today, but it's... You know, it's it's not what anybody wants. It's a far cry from where this football team was after 11, 12 games last year. Because keep in mind, at last year, right about this time, they were still among the elite. They were 10-2 and two yeah. before they bottomed out. Well, uh, to your point, I'll just say this. If the Arizona Cardinals had deep-pocketed boosters, what you're outlining might happen. Yeah. Where's our Nap Lawrence? <laughs> <laughs> Stood up and gave the only guy that's dollars. concerned about that particular thing is the owner of the football team, Michael mm-hmm. Bidwell, who put his money where his mouth was last off season when he extended Cliff Kingsbury and he extended Steve Kime and you know er- earlier in the summer extended Kyler Murray. I mean, that's going to be one of the, the lasting takeaways. We had we had fun with the takeaways question in social studies. When this season is over, that's going to be the biggest takeaway: is why the rush 
to reward after a finish that was so disappointing well, last year? Yeah. And, Why and, reward people after their worst performances? There's a lot of rumblings on Twitter, I know, because you, you've seen them as well. And it, they're coming from low-grade Twitter accounts in the SEC. There's a lot of people claiming that they're hearing from sources that Cliff Kingsbury is going to mutually part ways with the Cardinals and take over Auburn's football program. I, look, and I only bring that up because the stuff is all circulating. It's circulating. I think your and use of the adjective low grade is is is, yeah. is accurate. Yeah. Um, from what I've heard and read, that Hugh Freeze is the favorite to take over that job, and then mm-hmm. Auburn's going to have to do some PR work. But what <laughs> yeah, we know about Cliff think. Kingsbury is uh-huh. the Oklahoma job came up, and you know he was asked about it, you know, last season, and he kind of scoffed at it. I don't think Cliff King, Kingsbury, and, and yeah, the situation has changed, but ultimately, I don't think he wants any part of college football. Many people believe that he is better suited to coach college football. Uh, based on what he did at Texas Tech as opposed to what he's done with the Cardinals. Yeah. But there was a lot of that job he didn't like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the the recruiting, namely. Yes. Having to talk young kids into coming and then, uh, yeah, all the craziness that is now in mm-hmm. college football. Yeah, I'm not putting much stock in it other than to say that that it all is kind of just swirling in the air right now. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to be real interesting to see what these next X amount of weeks look like. Because like I've said before, it, a lot of times in failed programs – The coach can turn real prickly, and by the end of it, the players are like, I'm done playing for that guy. That guy does not have my back. I am, that guy is not getting me anywhere. I don't think anybody on this football team has any real animosity for the head coach. I don't think so either. In fact, if you polled the football team, they, they probably like the head coach more than they like the quarterback, if they're being honest. Mm, That that might be the turning point, though, because, over these last five games, the players, as much as Cliff Kingsbury, the players could save Cliff's job. If they continue to play hard and play you know, a little bit better, a little bit better, that could make the decision easier. If at any point it looks like they're giving up on the coach, don't you think that makes it? Well, that was one of the, the bright spots from yesterday, I think, Jarrett, was that at the end of that San Francisco game... And Vance Joseph even talked about it in his media availability last week, that, that play where... George Kittle tiptoed down the sideline for the touchdown, and that was like the final embarrassing yeah. play. Mm-hmm. But there wasn't a whole lot of effort given by a couple of players, Antonio Hamilton. And Vance Joseph talked about that specifically. Other than other than that play in Antonio Hamilton, he didn't see a lack of effort. I didn't see a yeah. lack of effort yesterday. I think these guys are still playing hard. I just don't think they're good enough. So where are the Cardinals now at home on the season? One, one, in, and, one in six, but only one in five at State oh, Farm right, because the, of the Mexico because game. Because the one game was in Mexico City. City. Yeah. So there is so gotcha. So they've got two more home games remaining. They're at, at home Monday night against the Patriots, and they've got a Christmas night game against um, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers. The the one good thing again about the HBO cameras is they do kind of guarantee that guys you're going to think twice about mailing it in. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. And you got a couple of you got a couple of high profile games, so I do think that it would certainly speak to the competitors on this team. You you would hope. And I, again, I don't. I don't think effort has been a, a recurring problem with this team whatsoever. No, no. You can text your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at six twenty six twenty. Right now, coming up next, it's Monday. We'll hand out some hardware. Bickley and Murata mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. 
Time to take a look at the Arizona sports poll question. Brought to you by Sanderson Ford. The best play is at Sanderson Ford. Welcome back to Bickley Amarada Mornings here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. We're going to our website now, ArizonaSports.com, for our daily look at our poll question, guys. Who deserves the most blame for how this Cardinals season has gone so far? Cardinals are four and eight. Who deserves the most blame? One, two, three, four, five options for you to vote on. Michael Bidwell, the owner. Steve Keim, the GM. The head coach, Cliff Kingsbury. The quarterback, Kyler Murray, or other. Where are you going, Vic? Uh, it seems we've had this question before. In fact, yeah. I know for a fact we've had this question before. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm giving it still to the owner. When a season goes this way, everybody's culpable, but it starts at the top. All right. That's a vote for Michael Bidwell. Uh, He is not getting most of the votes, though. 38% of the vote, says Cliff Kingsbury, deserves the most blame for how the season has gone. 24% say Michael Bidwell. 23% say Steve Keim. 13% say Kyler Murray. And 2% say Other. I would like to know who that other could potentially be. Yeah, if uh, you're one of the people that voted other, tweet us at Bickley underscore. I blame myself. <laughs> Thank you, Sarah. That's today's Sanderson Ford poll question. You can vote on it right now on the homepage at ArizonaSports.com. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Marotta Mornings. Handing out the hardware. Hardware, it's our version of the award show. It's brought to you by Revitalize Weight Loss and Wellness. Eat smart, lose weight, keep it off with Revitalize, proud nutrition partner of the Phoenix Suns. Who wants to hand out the first award this Monday? I'll go first, Vinny. All right, Vic. All right, the Greed Sucks Award I'm giving to college football conference championship games. Um, I, I say this every year because there is really no purpose at all for them. But I looked at it this year. You've got Ohio State and Alabama outside the top four. Why is this system in place that they are they stand to benefit mm-hmm. because they're not good enough to play in a conference championship game? Why why are they able to benefit from sitting at home and playing one fewer game because they were not good enough to win their divisions? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's a great point. It really is. Because, look, USC is vulnerable. They've got to play Utah, and they've got to win that game yeah. to protect. Utah, the one team that beat them this right? year. And Michigan's got to beat four Purdue. Purdue. I don't, but, but still, it's it's the you know, it's just it's not fair to them. Doing away with the divisions is a step in the right direction, yeah. which the Big Ten did not do this year. They're doing right. it next year. But it's a great point. And are you going to be shocked to see if Ohio State, Ohio State get in? No. And no. if everything falls correctly, that for Alabama to somehow get in yeah. with two losses? It wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah. Uh, my first award is the Fire Festival Award. And I'm Fire. giving it to the late Las Vegas Invitational Women's Basketball Tournament. It was held at the Mirage in Vegas. Sounds big time, oh, doesn't beautiful. it? Oh, yeah. sounds great. Great facilities. Nope. Uh, the tournament court was set up in a Mirage ballroom with no seating for fans or family members who attended. Uh, there was ac- absolutely no cladding or decoration. It's just a floor in the ballroom. That's it. Uh, a game between St. John's and Memphis ended after an argument between the two teams. Memphis just walked out of the ballroom with 5.5 seconds to go. Auburn's uh, Carissa Richardson in a game suffered an injury. 
It took 40 minutes for paramedics to arrive. The, the, the tournament didn't even have paramedics and staff on site. And the game was delayed what? for almost an hour. Indiana coach Terry Morin said the event was a couple steps back for women's basketball, which is an understatement. Turns out the whole thing was uh, concocted and ran by this guy by the name of Shane McKee, who had uh, a lot of women's basketball experience from a coaching standpoint, but apparently couldn't coach anymore because of multiple sexual assault claims from former players. So it was Great just stuff. a absolute wow. black mark on on college, uh, college women's basketball, and not aware they did not need that. What a dreadful story. Yeah, it's terrible. Okay, my fir- ferret. My first award is the... Well, that's something big to wrap your head around award, and that goes to Brian Robinson Jr. (laughs) That's my my Who, in the locker room following the game, in which the Commanders won, he had a good game, was wearing a comically large baseball hat. Yes. Like... It look, a real thing, I guess, a real style of hat that... Oh, he, these are a thing. He, I've he seen he them mentioned he could, he could hook people up. He knows the maker, the person that makes them. But cartoonishly large, and, and not like a top hat, not like a... A wide-brimmed hat, but an actual, like, you know, baseball hat-style hat on his head. But the middle of it is filled with foam that fits around your head. Yeah. I've seen these for years at Suns games, and my reaction... I get irrationally bothered by stupid things. I think we've made that clear. I I tweeted about one of them over the weekend. Football players wearing hoodies under their jersey for short-sleeve hoodies for no apparent reason. Um, I get irrationally upset when I see somebody wearing those hats. So you've seen people yes. in the stands yes. wear these? Yes. Oh, I feel for, bad for, for the people behind them. For several oh, yeah. years, yeah. Yeah. Well, I just learned this morning that apparently there's a Phoenix company yes. that produces these. I don't know if it's the same company. They but... were among the first, the one in Phoenix, I yeah. know. Yeah. Shout out Noggin <laughs> Boss. <laughs> Noggin Boss. Uh, sounds like my favorite ice cream. Speaking of food that we love, yes. Uh, <laughs> this is the Self Awareness Award, and it goes to Zion Williamson. Uh, as oh. We all know he's been the target of weight jokes, rude, not nice weight jokes uh, in the past, and. Jen Hale, who's the sideline reporter for the New Orleans Pelicans, a few days ago, the day before Thanksgiving, I believe, um, asked him, hey, what are you looking forward to having for Thanksgiving this year? Going to Memphis. What's your favorite dish? What you looking forward to eating the most? He's trying to set me up. But no matter what answer I give, social media going to clown me. So no comment. Oh, awesome. You know what? <laughs> Can't talk about his favorite turkey in peace. Leave the man alone. That does. It was kind of funny. It does kind of suck. Yeah, but well done by Zion. Absolutely, he's he's right. I agree. I agree. All right, my final award is the Let's Ride or I Might Die, (laughs) and I give that to Russell Wilson, who was confronted yesterday on the sideline by teammate Mike Purcell, who just let loose on Russell Wilson. You could see Russ was a little scared, and while all this was happening, head coach Nathaniel Hackett was standing in front of him, trying to ignore it. It's like sometimes when my daughter gets into screaming arguments with my oldest son, I just pretend I don't hear anything because I don't want to get involved. <laughs> I don't want to have to negotiate and, and referee. And but Nathaniel yeah. Hackett, yeah, that was it was crazy because it was happening right behind him, and he was like, mm, 
Neither you your daughter or your son has a $245 million contract to be a member of the wow. Bickley family, though. Oh, man. Man. There was, right. a, there was a question being asked on one of the panel shows on ESPN this morning. Is Russell Wilson's contract the worst deal in NFL history? Oh. Right now, it's looking like it. Damn. He's uh, lost but, all his quickness, man, and it's just like... Yeah. My last award is the maybe give a better tribute award. And this has popped up several times with the Washington Commanders organization. The 15-year anniversary of Sean Taylor's untimely passing. Uh, He was killed during the 2007 season. So to pay tribute, quote-unquote, to Sean Taylor, they unveiled this. I thought it was supposed to be a statue. It looked like like a department store mannequin. With an old Washington Redskins uniform put on it. Yeah. And he, people even point... It, it, it wasn't even a mannequin because it was made out of wire. It was just strange. It didn't... The body type didn't resemble Sean Taylor. People even went as far to point out it was a Nike jersey, Reebok pants, and Adidas soccer shoes on this mannequin. You're kidding. They do everything wrong in term, trying to make things better. It's not the first time... Yeah. It's not the first time that they've... I think sullied the memory of Sean Taylor and trying to pay tribute to him. They do everything wrong, and they're winning football games. It's weird. And they're seven and four. Yeah. <laughs> they're seven and five. I think the uh, my last award is the Los Angeles Wham Award, and it goes to Sean McVay, <laughs> who, while on the sideline, banked his dome piece right on a helmet. When a player was leaving the field. No, it was an elbow. Well, I thought he hit the helmet. Yeah. Was it the helmet? Yeah. I'm pretty sure. He turned around right as the guy was running out, and he smacked his face right into the helmet. And I don't know if he was concussed or whatever, but it was very funny. Not to him. Well, I mean, unless he got badly injured, then it was a little bit funny. The player didn't even break stride. He hit his head coach to the point where people were like, oh, is he okay? Oh, they ran into each other. I don't know if they he hit him. That's not fair to say. But yeah, Sean McVay is annoying. Kind so. of shoulder helmet kind of thing. If he if he's not seriously injured, then it was very funny. If he's seriously injured, then it was only a little bit funny. Right. <laughs> then it was just a chuckle on that side. Absolutely. Because we're considerate. All right. My final award is really, really? <laughs> there are no M's in really. Thank goodness for Ohio State. <laughs> Did you all see the tweet that went absolutely crazy over the weekend? You, Ohio State-Michigan game week. They always X out the M's. Ohio State. I had no oh, yeah. idea they That's did right. that. It's one of the stupidest things I've ever heard. Agree. And even though they do it every single year, Ohio State still found a way to mess it up. In their tweet promoting that it's game day, it's time to have some fun in CBUS. They forgot about the M in some. So they X'd out all the other M's in the and tweet time? except for that one. Or time. Oh, they, uh, they game got the... day was X'd out. Time was okay. X'd out. Some fun in CBUS. Um was not X'd out and the the replies are just absolutely hilarious like you've got to just be missing one on purpose at this point because apparently they do this every single year <laughs> and then you know that ended up not actually being the most embarrassing part of the game day for Ohio State no not at all it's wow. a great rivalry uh, with a lot of great traditions as part of it, that's not one of them. That's just no. dumb. That's yeah, just work, but labor about, intensive. But how about Jim Harbaugh going from a guy that couldn't beat Ryan Day in Ohio Almost State? Almost got fired now, for that. Yes, yeah. to now owning them. Yeah. I know. It's First wild. time in like 20 years they beat him back-to-back yeah. years. 
Uh, there you go. There's uh, hardware. It's brought to you by Revitalize. We'll close out this Big Red Monday with some crosstalk. Wolf and Luke join us next. Bickley and Murata here on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. The home of Arizona Cardinals football. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Bickley and Murata, Wolf and Luke, Big Red Monday, crosstalk. Yep, Cardinals fall to the Chargers in heartbreaking fashion. Two-point conversion in the last 15 seconds lifts the Chargers to the win. Cardinals go to their bye four and eight. And as we do to close out our ver- our portion of Big Red Monday, we welcome uh, Wolf and Luke. We've got the airwaves for the next four hours for a little crosstalk on this Monday morning. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? What's, What's going on, up? guys? Um, we, we were kind of just tossing this around. A question that we uh, we had pop up in, in one of the segments of our show is, where does this one rank in terms of the pain and uh, in, in, in the eight <laughs> losses for the Cardinals? And look, I, I think we were all kind of in the same boat after the loss to San Francisco, that the playoffs are pretty much a, a foregone, con- not making the playoffs was a foregone conclusion. But the way this unfolded was still a gut punch. Where would you put it on the list? I, I would put it up there, but I'd still put it behind the two Seahawks losses because I still think if you split with or beat Seattle, this is a, if you sweep Seattle, certainly it's a different season. And I get that Seattle's decent, but I'm still not totally sold on them. But yesterday was awful, and so I'll put it up there, probably number two or three. Yeah, I definitely would have it very, very high as well. Well, um, I don't know if I'd put it at number one right now, but uh, to play as well as they did and then lose the game, that sucks buttermilk. Yeah, it certainly does. And a lot of it comes back down to the offense, which I had tweeted at one point of the game early on that I thought the Cardinals offense looked better than it had looked all year. It bogged down at times. We had the second quarter, fourth down call. We played the soundbite a couple times, the the play-by-play highlight, Wolf, where in real time you questioned the decision, A, to go for it, and B, to throw the football. Uh, But what was a bigger failure, that on offense or the three three three-and-outs in the fourth quarter? No doubt about it. Yeah, the three three outs in the fourth quarter right there. I mean, they to play as well as they did offensively for the most part. I mean, you look at it, guys. On third down, they were 54%. That's an excellent third down percentage right there. They ran the ball for 181 yards. Um, They only got sacked once of Kyler Murray. Only one sack was allowed. I, I just honestly, this was the best game they had played all season long, in my opinion. And they were balanced as well. And then the fourth quarter came around in those last four possessions, guys. Yeah. They ran 11 plays and, and gained 16 yards yeah. in those 11 plays. Stop and think about that. Just an absolute meltdown at the worst time. And the defense balled out for the entire game until the last possession of the game. And that just is, man, it's hard to swallow. No, it really is. And I'm with you on that. And when Isaiah Simmons came on that fire blitz and came right up the middle. I thought, this is finally the game when the defense is going to close this thing out and it's going to be all good. And and the offense gave the Chargers the ball back one last time. Uh, Trey McBride had another tough day. Uh, the key drop on third down, I don't know if that pass was deflected, seemed to go through his hands. As somebody who was very, very high on Trey McBride before the season began, how disappointed
disappointed are you in him, Wolf? Yeah, you know what? I'm disappointed right now in Trey McBride, but he is a rookie, and I have to give him grace on that one. I really am. I thought Trey McBride was going to come in here. You guys know I said it. I was wrong. I thought he was going to come in here, and he was going to be the perfect tight end, a wide tight end, a guy that could line up in line and be that stud tight end where you could run right behind him, very much like a Max Williams, and also be a guy that you could move around like Zach Ertz and be an excellent receiver as well. Now listen, I thought he was going to make a bigger impact on this offense, so that's where I'm disappointed. Do I think he's not going to develop or get better? Uh, Of course not. He is going to get better right now, but in terms of making an impact his rookie year, yeah, I'm disappointed. I want to know what you guys made of, uh, again, before the game, there was the, the, the pregame reporting from Ian Rappaport of NFL Network about the communication issues between Cliff Kingsbury and Kyler Murray being ironed out over the last two weeks while Murray was on the sidelines. It just seems like this team has dealt with a lot of this pregame reporting uh, that's not necessarily painting things in a great light. Uh, I mean, how do you assess the relationship between Cliff and, and Kyler right now? I, I mean, I just I think that it, it is a somewhat unique one around the league and that Cliff has basically said in the past that they almost treat each other like peers and I feel like if you are if you're a, a fan or a media member around the league and you look and you see the Cardinals going for an eight, it's not like they're winning then you figure there's got to be certain things wrong and there obviously are and I think they're they're making connections there that I mean maybe I guess but I, I, don't, I don't think that's the issue. I think Kyler Murray and Cliff Kingsbury get along relatively well. I just think it's a matter of you know, is Kyler the right guy for Cliff's offense or vice versa, and, and, and that those questions don't get asked when you're ten and two, but they get asked when you're yeah. four and eight every week. How damning do you think that is, Wolf? That we're talking about that toward the tail end of year four with these two guys together? Yeah, you know, I, I don't know what to say about it, Ben. I really don't. I wish I could answer your question because I don't know what it's truly like inside that meeting room, inside that tape room, out on the field while they're practicing. I don't know what it's like. Uh, I haven't heard anything derogatory. So to me, I don't know what to say about it other than the fact that, you know what, when you're that close and you work that close together, stuff happens. Yeah, it does. And uh, they'll get a a one-week respite on the bye with five to go. Guys, uh, we'll be listening. What time do you have Cliff on today? 145. 145, the weekly visit with Cliff Kingsbury. Have a great show. We'll be listening. Thanks, Thanks, brothers. Wolf and Luke are up next. Uh, That is going to do it for us on this big red Monday. Thanks for hanging out with us. We appreciate it. What do you say we do it again tomorrow morning at 6? Are you available, Bick? Yeah, I'm available. Okay, I'll good. do it. Sarah, you got anything cooking? You're good? What about you? There. What about you, Ferret? All that talk about pudding earlier. I'm, <laughs> I'm thinking about that. How do you feel about pudding, Jerry? Oh! oh. <laughs> Definitely better than cottage cheese. We'll catch you tomorrow here on Arizona Sports.